Hello and welcome to the Football Junto podcast. My name is Julian Stoller and today I was lucky enough to have a conversation with Jamie Hamilton. Jamie is a Scottish football coach getting his A license right now as well as a football journalist. Jamie's been featured on These Football Times and also has his own website on medium.com slash at SterlingJ1982. Sterling is S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G. You can also follow him on Twitter at Sterling underscore J. Jamie has some fantastic insights and articles, and um, I suggest it completely. Really, really awesome stuff. We had a great conversation. It went on for an hour and a half. Um, we could have gone on longer, but decided to cap it there. It was really, really exciting stuff, hopefully really interesting. We'd love your feedback on the podcast. If possible, you can follow us on Twitter at FootballJunto or email us at FootballJunto at gmail.com. So again, we just get straight into it. Uh, big shout out to Jamie again for, for coming on. I really had a great time. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Enjoyed your work a lot, and I've read. I remember reading the football philosophy article. I remember I was in. Really? I remember I was. I was in like this New York, one of the New York public libraries, reading and just trying to learn about football and doing different things. And I that's how I discovered these football times. Yeah. And uh, that's a, such a fantastic website. Yeah, it's cool. They were, that was really, that was my first ever, uh, you know, uh, foray into doing that kind of thing. Um, I'd sent a couple of things off. Do you know? Do you know the chap Jed Davis? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I'd sent a couple. Of, he, I think we'd gone to contact somehow, and uh, he recommended uh, try to do something for these football times. I never really done anything like that before. Yeah, so, he he uh, he retweeted me a couple of times, and I felt really cool. Yeah, he's a really. He's, he's like a he's like a rock star in the little small wind yeah. universe. Yeah, and it's great to have people like that. for me, especially that you know, or for anyone you know, when you're just kind of entering that world that it's really great when someone of that kind of reputation at least just takes the time you know and, and he, you're like yeah definitely yeah we seem and, to, uh, yeah keep going sorry just uh yeah he just said yeah why don't you have a bash with, with these guys and that was really cool fun for you know a year year and a half or so just just putting out those articles it was always funny though because it's like some of them were very proved very popular and then some of the ones that i like more <laughs> no one really cared about so it's quite interesting it's quite funny yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Well, I loved the the one about myth of Sisyphus and the absurdism and all that stuff it was really cool because I okay. had just finished that um, a little yeah. while previous, and so it was cool to sort of relate that to football and sort of have some. Where did you? You're, sorry, you're a, fo- you're a footballer, right? Or you were a footballer? Yeah, yeah, where I was, yes, back in the day. But I, um, I'm from New York City. I grew up playing there, and then I moved to Sweden at 17. I signed with the club in the Superettan. Right. which is the second division. Right. Uh, played there for a year. Had one cap. Um, this is, I'll give you the shorter version. I played in Sweden and then yeah. moved to Germany and Italy, played a couple preseasons there. Uh, yeah. Didn't sign with the team, though, but was taken over for preseason. Played with, like, trained with Schalke, trained with MSV Duisburg, trained in Italy and Florence, which was fantastic and fun. Yeah. Then I went back to New York and played with New York Red Bull. Played with their reserves in their U23s, and then that was for like a year or so. Then I played three years with the New York Cosmos, yeah, and that was awesome. That was a lot of fun, and I played a little bit here and there in other places in America, but it wasn't really great. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. And then you just decided to call it quits, or yeah. Well, I became really, really interested in. Yeah, I've always I went to like a super artsy school, so and I grew up with parents who work in arts and things like that. So, football, I had like this double life of this going to school and being a New York City kid, blah blah blah, and then also going to these weird places in New York and playing football, where I was only 
kid whose English was his first language. So it had like yeah. this double, these two worlds, and I've always been trying to mesh them. And I think one way to mesh them and sort of be my true true self was through learning more about football and coaching and, and connecting with it in that way. And I done did some coaching for the Cosmos, and I really liked it. And it, I was yeah. just obsessed with learning about how to how to learn and how to teach and psychology and all these different things. Um, and I would always try and relate them back to football. And I actually was talking about this with my friend recently. There was a cool Arsene Wenger article. Did you see that recently? No, I didn't. I don't think I did. And he, it was really candid and really open. He was talking about obsession. Yeah. And it was really strange because I remember I, my, my father's an actor and he's an obsessive type as well. And him and I were talking. He's like, yeah, obsession's horrible. And then I remember, <laughs> I remember speaking about with my friend who played at Arsenal's Academy and he was uh, with Stoke as well, but he retired early and now he's a UEFA B coach. He's actually coaching um, my team here in England now that okay. he graduated from the university. And he's a great football mind, great football guy. And yeah. him and I were both having a beer and just talking about obsession. And it was really great because it really clicked a lot of things because I'm obsessed with football and it's a sickness. <laughs> it's, yeah. It really is. And, and we were both very candid about it and open and it was it was just like we are 100 percent obsessed we don't it, it's a horrible job it's really <laughs> not great like if, if you look at it you wouldn't i wouldn't advocate it for anybody and well, co- coach. yeah well yeah i mean defend yeah <laughs> if you really like you don't get paid that much money yeah yeah no exactly but but we were like we were fine with it but we're, we're very open about it but we were like it's you don't get paid that much money you yeah. work constantly you're constantly obsessed with it you're trying to completely perfect everything you're dealing with all these people you're driving you know you're driving maybe traveling two or three hours for one and a half hours of work to get paid not a lot of money um for little recognition uh little to no recognition with not much of a job with almost zero job security i mean i don't know what's the average job secure job uh, was not really yeah exactly so like it's a really it's not really great i wouldn't again i wouldn't advocate but it but it's still like we sacrifice our lives for it depends what standards you're measuring you know good or best by you know yeah sure no exactly yeah that's completely the subjective idea of it but you know we were just talking about we were like i'm obsessed with with football and we were both like yeah me too it was like an aa meeting with like you first go i'm an alcoholic it's like yeah yeah it was like i'm obsessed I'm well, that's, yeah, that's, that, well, that's, that's one of the ways to look at it. And it's, well, I'm the same. I'm like, Julian, I, you know, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I think about is things like this, you know, like literally. No, I know. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. You know, I think it's good to be focused. And you need to have a direct. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But I also do think that acknowledging that it's kind of a borderline obsession or it is an obsession is, 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 is helpful. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think it's helpful with yourself, you know, but you, you know, certainly denial is not useful. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> but, not. Well, I also think that's what helped me realize what, what made me so frustrated with people who don't really understand, who do it, well, I don't want to say do it wrong, but who have a certain approach to football. Mm-hmm. For me, that made, it made me so frustrated because I couldn't see the, yeah. the validation of their obsession. Like I was like, how are you, how are you doing this and not obsessed? How are you yeah. doing this nonchalantly or sort of half-ass? And, and I, don't, I just don't understand it. How can you do it that way? And that, and and to understand that I was obsessed with it made me much more relaxed. <laughs> like it's okay to just—it's a game. Like <laughs> seriously, yeah. relax. Uh, yeah. No. Well, the thing about you know you can get annoyed about you know how other people do things and all the rest of it, and that's—it's just not a good use of time, really. It's like because you know the question is, well, why are they? Why do you not like them do the way they're doing it? And how can you? Is there a way that you could actually show them 
that you know there are other ways to look at these kind of things but there's also the fact that everyone's different you know julian and some people are just not very motivated people you yeah. know and what job it is whether it's football coaching or working in a bank or a shop or whatever it is they don't want to do it you know they're, they're they're looking for the easy way out right they're looking for as little responsibility as possible yeah um that's a human that's that's a, that's you know a type of human a human condition that there's there's pretty well there's a lot of it about right now you know and, and people aren't just you know they want i don't know what they want <laughs> they, yeah, they, want some kind of, they want microwave meals right and netflix on demand and <laughs> they, don't, they don't want to do anything you know yeah well it was interesting i read you had an article a little while back i think it was in may about like the twitter sphere or the football twitter and, and these twitter analytics and all these people doing these these this yeah. analysis on twitter and it was a really great take because i i can't stand it but i also <laughs> i also think it's awesome because yeah. people are super engaged and dedicated and like, I'm going to analyze football. I'm going to try and figure it out and with lines yeah. on a screen and, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But sure, that's fantastic. Keep doing it. Well, OK, so you don't you don't like any kind of that thing, like anything like that. Well, or it's not that it, it's not that I don't like I'm going to sound like a grumpy old man, but it just doesn't it's just does, it's it's. I've seen people who really want to be keen on football and take an interest to it. And that's their first source of yeah. information and then they're like oh so that's what's correct and it's yeah. and then you're just like this doesn't this isn't either correct or incorrect it's just an observation we don't analysis okay. yeah that's that's why okay well this is going to get us into one of the things that's probably going to end up talking about i don't know if we'll agree we might agree, agree i don't know but the thing about this is then because what we're talking about is correct you say that's correct or not correct that we're talking about objectivity right isn't yeah. it? and so you say correct or not and in the game of football well what do you think can you no. Okay. So I've had recent thoughts about this, and this was sparked by some of your literature and some of your journalism too. Is the objective versus the subjective, and in my thought process through this, the 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 only thing really objective about football is the rule, the rules that come with football. But okay. however, yeah. the thing, that, sorry, the the thing that comes with the objective rules of football is they're all subjectively interpreted. So a referee will subjectively interpret an objective rule. And so every time the outcome is somewhat subjective or at least stained by some form of subjectivity. Okay, well, I, I agree that that's often the case. But I, would also, but I would say that there are some things that are objective and objectively applied, right? Things like the, uh, there are two goals, right? That's sure. objective. That's yeah. that, that, and that is applied objectively. It's not subjective. Right now, you can, there's things like uh, the, the the well. Now we have, let's say, the electronic technology on the goal line. Did the ball go over the line? Now that's an objective entity now, and, it, and it's like there are two teams of eleven. That is objective. You're trying to score. You're trying to outscore the opponent. Right? That is objective. So there are objective principles. Mm -hmm. I know what you're saying about the rules, right? Because yes, uh, and that's my problem with VAR. Right? Is that it's like yeah they're subject often so often subjectively uh, applied by the officials but there are objective characteristics rather than rules maybe like there are objective characteristics of, of, of football of any game right from which i think you are, it is possible to derive through use of like logic and rationality some kind of principles like saying pat well, you know trying to score is better than not scoring right <laughs> you know that would be an objective statement it seems simple but i think they do exist yeah, and I do think, but that's also situational. Like trying to score is is great. You know, I, I have read Jed Davies' book on Bielsa. I have it actually with me right here, and and you know, I, I really enjoyed it, and it really helped me understand a lot more about football, and it, it helped me understand that football, for me at least, is 
uh, intention, anticipation, and execution. And some form of those three things happen all the time on on the football pitch. And that intention can be, can I score? If I can't score, can I assist? Can I assist the assist? Can I get the ball into a triple A? All these, yeah. all these, all these things. But the intention is is what's important, and 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 to know that there's an intention is also just as important. But you, yeah, you okay. don't always want to score. I mean, I I know you do, but uh-huh. It's, uh-huh. it's strange. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's a good. You know, you know, you're making a good point, right? And I was actually I was I was um, talking to someone uh, about this the other day because the obviously there's a lot of um, uh, what would you say. Uh, People are very interested in people like Raymond Verheyen, you know, and yeah. he. I don't know if you're familiar with him or if you, you like if you're interested or not. But the so he uh, he he's obviously the probably the most foremost exponent of this objective way of thinking. Yeah, I right? know, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but and, and let's let's place as the cartoon version of him, right? So that's what he is, and I and so then and he'll say something like, I, I'm sure you're familiar, but to just run with this, he'll say something like always it's an objective principle of football that you must reduce the time and space of your opponent right something like that you will make inferior actions based on the fact right all this stuff and you go right fine but i said well it was interesting because you know last season i was coaching a team and and i knew that the opponent had a really uh, the guy one of the center backs was 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 not good on the ball right so i said well don't reduce his time and space let him have it yeah right I want I want that guy to have like it's, it's a classic you know it, it's not it's obvious right you let him have the ball no he'll give it back to you yeah. and it, and it's like that's well how does that fit in with uh, reducing the time and space of the opponent like you say right situational it's yeah. like it depends on the context and I I agree right but at the same time is it use is there the, I think there is some use in trying to derive in trying to this this is the tri- this is the devil's in the detail right it's like okay reduce the time and space of the opponent. That's a good thing to do, right? Generally speaking, you should try to do that. But you should always be aware that the model is not perfect and that there's a contextual situational element, which means you might not have to do that. Something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, again, uh, my friend who I was speaking about before, his, his football philosophy is everything depends on, depends on everything. It's like everything is situational. You have to really, you can't have a football philosophy. And I agree with him in this because you can't just have these objective things that you apply to everything in every situation. You have to have sort of this malleable um, yes. thing going okay. on, yeah. But is there some is there some use though in having a tool? Is not you know you know it's not perfect in every situation, but as a as a way of simplifying the world that we can actually operate, is it effective or pragmatic then to try and help coaches by by sort of giving them these principal guidelines? Instead of saying, well, everything's connected to everything, so <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's, you know yeah, it's no, all... I no, I do. Well, for this me, this is the thing. Yeah, well, well, also, it's just like how useful are those things all the time, and and I do get it. It's like, did, is is Neymar thinking of that when he's playing football? Yeah. No. Well, no. Right? No. I, and like, is he better at football than ninety nine point nine percent of the people who play football? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and this is the thing as well. I'm always interested to talk to footballers because I wasn't a footballer. Um, I play five-a-side football, right? I'm just, uh, I've never played. So I'm always interested to get the player's perspective of this because I come at it from a coaching yeah. and, and theory background, right? So, and I'm aware that I have, and I constantly try to improve because I know that I have been very guilty of overcomplicating things, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of putting lines where there shouldn't be no lines right and, and it's like the more i do it the i think the more freer the, the action my exercises seem to be you know sure. 
Um, and, and, and I think that's sort of, yeah, this is this realization that, yes, if you are too stringent with your objective references, then, yeah, you are completely decontextualizing this game, right? Yeah. And the mistake, it's the mistake of over an over-reliance on science as well. It's scientism, essentially, in a football form. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and when you, if you, because if you understand art, I think as you do, and, and I don't think I understand it, but if you come from an artistic perspective, you know that, like you say, it's contextual. Everything is linked, yeah. right? Well, everybody, well, I looked at it as like a band. Like you can't, everyone, there, there are some soloists, but everyone has their, their, their different um, yeah. instrument that they want to play. And you got to, the per- person in, in the, who's coaching, they, they really got to, so much of it is impressions. I, mean, I, I think a band is a bad image. I think maybe more everyone is a different artist, right? You have somebody who's into cubism, modernism, impressionism, yeah. splatter paint, someone who finger paints, someone who does perfect portraits. Like you can't, everyone's their own human being on the football pitch. And I think one thing from a, a play, player's perspective is I understand what it's like to show up to training that day and and tr- and really have a terrible time and really have an amazing time and what affected that. And I think for, you know, I can't put myself in the shoes of somebody who hasn't played before, and that's okay. But yeah. also I understand that everyone is human. Like, I, there were days where I understood that if my apartment was clean, I played better. My apartment was a mess, I didn't play as well. Like, the, like there, you know, that, that's a that's a human thing. Like, I yeah. had to show up. It's pretty absurd. I mean, you're asking me this. I'm, I'm showing up somewhere where I get paid money to be there, and then there's one person telling me what to do the entire time for a minute, for an hour and a half, and then <laughs> I, I shower and go home. And that entire hour and a half, I'm in someone's environment, but I've also have to completely scrap the previous 22 and a half hours of my life up to that hour and a half. But those 22 and a half hours completely affect that hour and a half. And so as a coach, I can see like a person, they're being frustrated and I'll say, I'll just allow them to be frustrated. Yeah. Maybe because, you know, oh, they're late. I'm not going to punish a kid for, for being late. The kid is you yeah. know 12 years old they're not driving themselves to football practice they might have you know their parents might be working two jobs and they could barely get them their kid there I mean, you can't you can't do that but th- that's just one perspective on that but well no i i agree i agree with you julian and th- this is i think the that the what i'm i suppose if i have some kind of like angle or like some kind of just general feeling of what i'm actually trying to like articulate right is that I agree, right? I, I think that the objective uh, or people's idea of objectifying football has got out of hand, right? Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> that's controlling. Why, that's why I honestly think, right? I think it's become it's 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 getting above its station, right? And it, like you say, it is control because it's controlling in its nature, right? But it no. can't be anything else, right? And and the excess of it is authoritarian and dictatorial. Yeah. And it's too much. It's too much order, right? It's like mm-hmm. and you like you say. You, you then suppress the human, uh, you know, aspects of your players, like, and and you can make them, you force them to conform to your idea, right? It's and absurd. It, and, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. so anyway, you go ahead. Like, I mean, have you had? Have you had? You, you, I'm interested because you've obviously played it. I played in different. Yeah, I've played in yeah. plenty of different places, and I played with plenty of different characters and different countries and different continents, different languages, all these different things. And what I've learned is like, it's if you're going to coach, you have to. God, I can't really contextualize it too well. Cause, yeah. But but 
you have to realize these people are people are human and the best coaches that I've had are the ones who understood that and understood who I was and what the team was and what the objectives were and and you could be the least knowledgeable person about tactics but still get the best out of your players and the best out of your team I mean you have you have amazing footballers who don't want to play for a coach and they won't do well or they don't want to live in a certain place and, and they won't really try hard. You're asking a player when they're playing to try really hard and be creative at the same time but also only be influential with the ball maybe three minutes out of eighty set, out of 90. So it's, it's yeah. a really weird thing. It's like it's going to be abstract and there's going to be so much subjective, irrational jibber-jabber that you have to understand that the the fuel for that vehicle is emotion and it's human and it's not um it's not analytical it's not like um, you know the person who's doing these these runs to you know this last second run to to stop the ball from going in is not going to um oh sorry you went out um did you the person who's you're asking this person to work extremely hard in, in an irrational context yeah yeah for sure. And so the thing to me then is that strikes me as interesting about where we are now, let's say in football, in its development, right? And its development of coaching theories and coaching practice is right. Okay. Well, if that's the case, right, how, how are we going to, is there a way of convincing, right? The people that don't see it that way of seeing it that way, yeah. right? Huh. Because that's, that would be a good, a, cause, a good noble cause, right? Because if we can say that, yeah, the, too much of this emphasis on the theory and, uh, you know, and the abstraction of football from its context is a bad thing, but it's very popular. It's extremely popular, right? And, 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 and you know, it's everywhere. Then yeah. you know, might it be a good way to think, right, okay, how can we try and show people who are more objectively minded that it is not enough to know all this stuff that yeah. you know? Because you, you could, like, like you, made, you made exactly the same point I make, right? Is that you could, you could, you know, do the thought experiment of, of downloading every single possible piece of football objective knowledge, right, into a human being. But they could still be some, you know, shrinking violet poindexter, right, who yeah. can't speak in front of two people. Yeah, right? yeah, you have to be social. It's a social sport where humans is not, like, yeah. I'm not going to listen to somebody who's not going to give me eye contact when they're telling no, me what to, to do. Yeah. To be a leader of men, right, <laughs> you have to unite the collective mm. now. That, now, this is what I'm interested in, particularly at the moment, right? It's this idea of, yes, it's a human game, right? And it's, but it's about individuals in a collective. So you might say that the aim of coaching is to unite collect, the collective, right, around some central principles and motivate them to try and fight for some cause, right? So, okay, well, that, well how does that sound as a, as a proposition? Yeah, I think it's also to inspire, and I think it's also more than that. I mean, you're... Yes, I completely agree. I, I completely agree with you. And I think that, you know, if you look at those two sides, what I think you said is really interesting is you're like, how then do you teach people to not necessarily look at, be obsessed with the objective, but look more into the subjective. But yeah. it's not, I don't know. First of all, I don't know. There's so much, there's so much, this is well, a huge benefit for saying I don't know, but I, I really don't. Right. So I'll run something by you. So how does this sound, right? So if, if the idea, if you, the idea is something like, inspiring groups right motivate it's motivating people to action is what you want because mm. football's a game of action right it's a game of movement you have to get players have to move in a way that is good for the team it's right? an invasion so game yeah yeah you have to tackle you have to run you have to you do it you have to move your body right okay so you have to motivate people to move their bodies right so 
that has to be you can't just do that by information you can't just do that to give them information because oh. but we know that right because i have ultimate i have every infinite piece of information at my fingertips right on wikipedia or whatever but i still might eat the wrong food or smoke a cigarette or drink too much one mm. night right? <laughs> the information isn't enough yeah. right? i need to be motivated right i need to be, be and the way to do it, it seems to me by looking at actual human history or yeah. evolution is that you need to be part of a story, right? Yeah. You need to be part of a, a, a belief system or something. So in my, in my view, it's, it's actually, to, I'm coming around to the idea that it's actually the coach's responsibility to be able to understand that and try and create a narrative, right, around the team and referencing the individuals within it yeah. that unites them. And, of understand, course, and understand them. Right, and your narrative depends on who the players are because you need to understand the players. Yeah. So you have to like a suitable narrative, right? And narrative could be, but you know that because uh, you know you've been in dressing rooms, and I'm sure the coach has said it sometime. The guys in, on the other dressing room want it more than you, That's right. right? Right? That's a that's a story. That's a fiction, right? Conjured up by the coach, right? To try and motivate you to fight harder, mm-hmm. right? That's a fiction. It's not true, objectively. <laughs> you don't. How could it be? Right? Yeah. You just said it, right? And there could be anything. It could be, oh, you're you. Every, everybody thinks you're too young to win this game fiction right but, but you, you you spin a yarn to try and encapsulate them into into doing something mm-hmm. uh, that this is so that's my general line of thinking at the moment totally and and you know ranieri won the prem partially because of pizza right exactly. <laughs> I that for myself it's yeah. exactly right yeah. show me show me in your objective football manuals where it says take them for pizza please don't i don't ever want to see it in a in a football manual <laughs> all right yeah. i don't get to hell yeah. with it right no i I completely agree. Yeah. And I think so when we were talking about the difference between somebody who's played and someone who hasn't played, I think that when somebody who hasn't played and coaches and it's like, why aren't they understanding the objective principles of football? It's because it doesn't. I've told a million times. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, why don't you understand that this is what you're supposed to do in this situation? This is the correct. And it's like, I'm I'm drawing. I'm like, I'm sketching something right now. I saw like, that's what I'm doing when I'm playing. I'm sketching these abstract images in my head at all times while running really hard and, and trying That's to nice. do something. You know, and so it's, of course I'm not going to be thinking about the objective part. I'm going to be constantly adapting yeah. and moving. And it, of course it doesn't always make sense. You have to have to explain it in different ways. Yeah, well, or I like not. what you said about the drawing. Because I've been thinking about this as well. I think it's, it's about arrangement, really. It's, you're arranging things, right, in a certain way. And that's, what I think, what artists do, really, isn't it? You, you, you arrange things. Yeah. You put things in certain places. And, and like you say, you're, you're playing and you're, you're seeing pictures and you're seeing lines and runs and movement and you're trying to make them all come together in some moment that's going to work. And, yeah. it's like coach, but, and, and people do that. These are, they, you know, people do that all the time when you're playing FIFA or, or football manager. That's what people do. They, they love arranging their team, right? Yeah. Arranging things and putting them a certain way. And, and that's what you're doing. You're, 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 yeah, so, I, I think. Really. Yeah. So for me, what I think we can get out of this too is like the objective ideas, if you look at them in a subjective artistic way, they were easier for me to understand. So for example, in Jed Davies' book, when he discusses space and the influence of space, I looked at it from arti- an artistic perspective and I said, oh, in art, there's something called negative space. In Japanese, they use the word ma. And right. it's about the absence within the structure. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? That to- makes total sense. It's like, the si- it's, it's like the silence in music, right? Those, those, those pauses in between notes that the, allows the artist to not just read what's on the page of notes. They just get to manipulate that silence. And it's the same with football. Is you see, pl- For me, at least now, the way I look at it is I look at I want to be in the negative space of the defensive structure. 
And once once I have that sort of artistic idea, the whole triple A, blah, 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 like scientific explanation of things makes a lot more sense to me because I'm, I'm a human and, and art is everything and not that I don't need to do, which was a quote we were going to talk about. But if I can view it from that perspective, I have a much easier time because I'm doing this sort of absurd thing called football. So for okay. me, that was much easier. Well, you've just nailed basically what exactly that what I'm working on at the moment, right? So you've just given a perfect example of it. And I'll see if it, I'll, I'll tell you to see if it makes sense, right? So you, you, the AAA stuff, right, um, is the advanced action areas. Let's call that the objective scientific sort of principle, right? Mm -hmm. um, you've, you, what you've done there is you've used a metaphor, right, a, an artistic metaphor to relay that information. So what you're doing is, is well, what it seems like to me is what the process is something like taking the objective uh, information, but then transforming it into a metaphor. Yeah. So, okay, so it's a, it's a process of transformation. I, that's for me what the coach does. Your filter, that you take the information and then you transform it into a metaphor that can be understood by a human. Yeah, you know what, I think that's, that's that's really that's really really cool. I really really like that because I do think like I don't want to give all my players that I'm coaching this objective knowledge. I want to give them the subjective version of my the my subjective version of an of an my subjective rather interpretation of an objective idea because that's right. what they and can I, understand. Yes, and it depends on who you're speaking. And that's why it's so important to know who you're speaking to because right. then you can know what kind of metaphor would be good to use. Yeah. Them. So if I know that someone plays Fortnite all for 12 hours a day, then I can say, well, you know, when you're playing your video game and the storm comes in and it's closing in and the space gets smaller and smaller, right? That's what happened. Like, okay, you could use that. Yeah, right? totally. It doesn't matter what the, the, what the, but the metaphor is artistic, yeah. right? And this is, I agree entirely with you, right? If you are, it's everything. If you're human, human you, this is what the world you exist in, yeah. right? It's reality. But there's been a breakdown, I think, in under this understanding. And people now, like you say, they basically, they, they they, they read these, memorize these books and go to these courses and seminars and download PowerPoints and just, you know, and just regurgitate them to players. Yeah. And you're like, the fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know what you do? Yeah, it really pisses me off. But I, I also <laughs> spent some time at Tovo Academy with Todd Bean at, in Barcelona. Yeah. And a colleague, I, a friend of mine uh, who I did a podcast with, David Garcia, um, had me down there. I was staying with him when I was there. And I was there for like, with, with, who's with David? Yes, I have. Yeah, 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 he's a great football mind. He's a really cool, really cool guy. And he has a similar background to me. He came from New York, actually, and then moved to uh, Europe and um, coaches. But he, I think he's back in America now. But um, it was great because I, I saw all these American kids and American parents go to these sessions that Todd was running. And Todd is really Ronda-oriented and, like, positional play, all about concepts and spatial awareness, cognitive fidelity, and all this really cool stuff. And then I saw these parents who, I mean, they were very American – um, parents who probably don't know much about football um, outside of TV or something like that, which is fine. And uh, they were just writing down what the coach, what the session was. And it was a rondo, whatever, 4v1 plus 1, 5v2 plus 1, all these different things. And then I just imagined, I asked my friend David, I was like, what's go what happened? So they go back and they just put on this session and these kids are like, why are we doing this session? And then they don't have an answer. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's frustrating. Because the people are just, they're taking it, they're extracting this, the numbers, right? <laughs> yeah, they're taking the numbers and the lines without the actual context. Yeah, well, it's you a know? bit. It's a bit like looking at a piece of sheet music and not even know knowing what instrument to play, not even knowing how to read the music. You just look at the sheet music. You're like, oh, that's what we're supposed to do today, people. Let's yeah. do that. 
Uh, what instrument are we playing? Uh, bass. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so this is a big problem, right? This is a big problem, I think. And but, I think yeah. something like approaching the fundamental problem, right? It's like, yeah, it's like, of course it's good. Because, but the thing is, as well, it's like you have to give the devil his due and say, it is useful to know the principles, right, of where to stand. Like, you do want to know where to, like, yeah. but then... You yeah, know, just... I totally agree. I also think it's important to know the principles of praise just as much and the way you praise somebody because that's so so important as well. Because like if, you you're, like if I'm praising a player, I need to know how that player reacts to praise and how they react to criticism. Uh-huh. And that's yeah. incredibly important. It's just as important as some objective theory about where to attack from or where to send a ball from across. Like that, yeah. it, It's so important to look at a player who's frustrated and say, X, Y, and Z, and then that player perform better or work harder or get through it. Because that, yeah. that player is the one doing things. And then learning how they learn. Everyone learns differently. Some kids can't read very well. Some kids are visual. Some kids are more physical. Some kids don't speak very well. Or, you know, all these things, those subjects, I, I don't really want to call them subjective because there's a lot of objective research around those things. But yeah. I look at that stuff more than I look at you know, like this woman, Carol, Carol Dweck, like she talks about praise and, and telling somebody that they praise someone for working hard rather than telling them that they're talented and you'll get a better performance in the long run because that kid realized that they're only good because they worked hard, not because they were born with some gift. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can get is Yeah. It's, it's played by, you know, the game is played by humans and, and in human, the human condition is as deep as you want to go. You know, it's, you know, yeah. it's, 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 but yeah, generally speaking, I think it's like what seems to have happened is something like, and it's not just football, it's pretty much everything these days in this age, right, in modernity, is that people extract things from their context, right? They, they, they're obsessed with uh, removing ties to reality because they don't think they can tell you about reality because real, like objective reality to like a materialist is just some things you derive from logic, right? Mm. You just keep questioning over, over and again in a process. Happened to art as well, right? Yeah. Like, happened to art right they got removed from this context in reality and then became abstract and you're like well where's that led us <laughs> i don't know no or yeah that's just one part of the medium though you know it it, it is yeah it's it yeah, is okay. really interesting uh, painting rather painting or let's say or something like that yeah yeah but, sure yeah. um but um yeah that, that seems to be uh an issue that lots of people maybe aren't even aware of but yeah i, I think the key the thing i'm interested in is trying to it's more trying to unite them right trying to, to reintegrate the things back together because they seem to have become separated. The subjectivity and the objectivity? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, or, 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 yeah, you can call it, yeah, I, I guess so. That's what you, what you might call it. But I do believe also that while it's a uniting, it's, I do believe this subjective or what you want to call it is the larger domain, right? And it's like the, the primary domain. The and subjective it, part. That's the primary yeah. domain you want to work in. Yeah, but I think you need, to know of, 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 you need to know of the objectivity and how to package it within it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's really cool. And I think it's dangerous, though, also where you get your ob- objectivity from, because I do think that there are different ideas of objectivity. Like, France's ob- idea of objectivity is different than Senegal's and is different, mm-hmm. different than Iceland's. Like, they're all different, but they all have are effective, right? If you're trying to yeah. measure objectivity by what's most effective, it's super contextual. Like, Iceland, Iceland's principles of play are going to be different than France's based upon their personnel, based upon their resources, based upon so many different factors. But it's still relative to them. It's it's effective. Yeah. Um, hello? Yeah, can you hear me? 
Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Sorry, I was just saying uh, even deeper as well, like culture, history. You know, yeah. it's so, so, so important. And, and, and yeah, and this is it. I agree. And, and like, as much as I like models, I like I like what Verhain's trying to what, what he does. I think it's, it's a very smart model. It's very good. It's very useful. But shouldn't be taken as total, right? No. And it's like that's the thing. It's like that's not the answer. It's not a one size fits all answer, right? It's just a tool for you to apply in a certain way in a certain context. Um. And yeah, I think that's maybe what I'm trying to get. At. Yeah, and I, I I know of him. I don't. I didn't look into too much of his stuff, uh, yeah. too deeply. I've heard, you know, I I've heard good things. I've heard weird things. I've heard sort of confused things as well. But I don't know where does he. What does he do? He so he basically just consults. Oh well, yeah, he runs this thing called the World Football Academy. Yeah. yeah. So you pay a lot of you pay money to go there and and learn yeah. these powerpoints that he pre- presents, right? Yeah. I've never been on one. Um, yeah. I've spoken to a lot to people who have, um, and yeah, essentially you could go on these courses and you're in this environment with lots of other coaches who are interested in the same things you are. And, uh, the, uh, yeah, the idea is you, you know, you get the doctrine, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, is anyone, you get a certificate, right? Yeah. Is anyone yeah, questioning get... what, is anyone say like why or what I don't agree or something like that? Yeah. Cause obviously I have some disagreements and, and it's like, and yes, the question, the, the answer is always yes. Lots of people do uh, question, but um, for Hyen's answers are always very convincing. Yeah. His response is convincing, which what, I'm not surprised. What are, some of the, what are some of the things that you question? Uh, well, just what we've been talking about. Well, what, what, I, what I'm questioning. Yeah. Uh, well, essentially, well, this is the thing as well. It's not explicitly clear like that someone like Raymond Verhain doesn't actually agree with what we mean, you and I are saying. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and it's just and it's just saying, well, do you know what? The first, maybe in his view, the first step is to say, right, we need some something solid to stand on, right? We need some kind of way of people understanding that there are some principles of football that are okay, if not universal, then pretty close, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's that's quite useful because if you and I think it is because you know, it's, but the same kind of question, like you know, if you come at it just purely from artistic subjective point of view, it's very chaotic, right? And it's like difficult to try and get to find any kind of coherent uh you, you know uh, concept or idea that people might be able to understand mm. like it's, it's tricky a universal one maybe that's fine right maybe that is fine and maybe that's just the way it should but i can understand why someone would want to form a objective model um to unite people under an understanding of principles and maybe who knows maybe his next step is to introduce this more subjective element <laughs> i don't know maybe, maybe the process yeah i mean it could be completely Maybe I'm, maybe, may, I don't know. I've never spoken to him. But, <laughs> I've never spoken to him either. Yeah, so I don't, I don't want, I wouldn't want to, I have no idea what is, uh, I don't, I don't know about him. I, I know what's written. I don't, so no, so no what, what, my question for you then is how are you inter, or injecting rather these subjective principles to uh, certain players that you coach? Um, well, like I said, I think it's by trying to use language that is understandable. I think, I think that's that seems to be the and trying to and I mean that on an individual level, you know, by referencing things that I think people will understand, mm-hmm. whether that's television, whether it's music, um, whether it's things about going out on a night out with your pals, you know, um, and trying to um, trying to to integrate some of the football theory into language that can be understood and also trying to trying to unite people under you know, you know it's not saying i'm not saying i can do this right mm-hmm. but in my mind you know trying to make some 
common goal, right? Trying to trying to put the the, the team in a context somewhere. Um, maybe it's a team that's there's a team coaching that was a new team, right? It was only three. The club was new, so it was only like the second season, um, and that was often used as like, a, oh well, you know, you know, it's difficult for us because such of the other teams in this league have much more history than us, right? Yeah. But you can change that. You can you can just look askance at that and change the perspective and say, well, you could just you could fall back on that excuse, right? Or you could use it as a as a lever to say, well, you have the you, this group of players has the chance to write your name in history as the first achievers of this club. Mm-hmm. So, so trying to look at things a bit more like that and, and trying to understand the power of the narrative mm-hmm. that, that the coach has, or, or you, cause you have the power to, to, to shape that narrative. And, yeah. and it, I think it's well, important to know when things aren't, aren't, when people are, you see it, cliques are developing and disagreements. Like you need to unite people under some kind of story. I think. Yeah, you do. And I think I was talking about this with so the person I keep referencing my friend, James Campbell, and he, him and I were talking about developing an environment or a culture. And I think actually a lot of American sports coaches are very, very good at this. If you look in the NFL, the culture in the NFL is incredible. I mean, we talk about getting people to commit to things in European football, but getting people to commit to things in American football is just as absurd, if not more absurd, because it's so much worse for you in the long run in terms of like health wise. But the way that certain people create culture and environment there is absolutely incredible. And that's something I've been trying to replicate. And I, I'm, so I'm interested in, in your ideas on that. Well, I think you're right. I mean, I think this, that, I, yeah, this is what we're really getting at. And I, to me, it, it's quite, it's quite incredible to, when you think about it. And like you say, absurd, that especially something like American football, where these guys are literally putting their bodies on the line. Yeah. Right. And that's what they're doing. And, and I love the, I, you know, I love, I was doing a, I was thinking, I was putting something together the other day used uh, the the Al Pacino speech of, uh, yeah, any of course, given Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really good example, right, of, of exactly what is we're talking about here. There's nothing objective in that. No. Right? Like he talks about hell and he talks about climbing up and you know, it's like this is this is language. This is a different style of language, right? This is a different mode of thinking. And I, and, and in my view, that's just so much more powerful than 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 analytic objective. <laughs> Okay, so, so then, yeah, you know, totally. what, is, yeah. right, what is this language? And you're like, well, it's almost religious in its structure, right? Uh-huh. And that, so, and this is where I'm actually getting very, <laughs> it's getting quite weird, right? Because I'm not a religious guy. Um, I never have been particularly. Um, but when the more I start thinking about this, it's like, it, it actually ha- it has the same structure, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, you're trying to unite people around some set of beliefs. And yeah. what's the best way to do that? It's through a set of stories, right? Uh-huh. That's what you do. You have mythology of your club, something like that. Mm-hmm. And look, I know that's not applicable, maybe not applicable in every context. I'm just trying to think maybe at the highest level. And you can think about the way clubs do that. They always, you know, they have, you know, the mythical heroes of the past painted on the walls. You know, they mm-hmm. have they have rituals before the game, right? That the huddle. They'll have certain symbols. That's what the badge is of a club. It's a symbol, right? And you like you have flags and banners, and you unite under them, right? So the more I'm thinking about this kind of thing, this kind of trying to uh, organize some kind of collective to action, then these kind of things, symbols, rituals, um, uh, history, like, what is culture? Like, when we say, yeah. okay, we need culture, what is that? What does that mean? Yeah, totally. Right? You need a mythology is what you need, right? And you need certain symbols um, and practices that become sacred, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, and, and that get people to commit to things, to doing things. And that's, and that's what... And that's and that's what people 
identify with, right? They mm-hmm. see the cause um, and they see why, uh, you know, it's like, it's, like, it's the Ten Commandments, right? It's like, it's just, it's, that's just a list of rules, you know? Yeah. yeah, so see, this is what I was talking about with you before is like, this this for me is just as important, this subject, it's not really, yeah, this subjective idea of football and like creating this environment is so uniquely human that if you were to give me the list of principles that are objective when creating environment, which, you know, are X, A, B, C, D, E, and F, or whatever, I'm not, I'm gonna look at that and roll my eyes. Like you have to really, it's an artistic thing by its nature and to try and sort of rationalize this irrational concept is so detrimental to football in my opinion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you put it well, exactly. Well, I agree. There's far too much trying to rationalize the irrational, right? Yeah. That's, this, this, this is what we're exactly what, what the issue seems to be. But maybe I'm not so far, as far as going as to say that it's entirely detrimental to football to try and rationalize it. Uh-huh. I, think, I think there is, I think there's, there is use in that. Um, and I think that even if it's a use, even if it's for someone like me, if I look at myself and say, well, I actually started off like that. Right. That's what got me interested because I didn't come from a playing background, right? Um, and 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 the things that got me very interested were, let's say, the more rational, objective theory of football. Um, and it's only like kind of coming through. Not that I said like, I'm no I'm no authority on it, right? But it's like from understanding certain points of that, and obviously reading other things around it. But I've almost come through that, right? And got to the understanding. Like, okay, well, I've assimilated that, and I say, well, what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so it can act as I think maybe some kind of stepping stone as well. Um, so perhaps okay. there's not so it's so rather than sort of rather than wanting to eradicate it entirely yeah you know? well i do think it takes a certain type of person to have seen the beauty in the subjectiveness subjectiveness to go back to it after learning all the objective and i do think that requires a certain type of person i'm not sure though i think anybody can achieve that but it does t- for, in my opinion take a certain type of person yeah. So what? So what is it you're trying to? What are you? You're you're, you're studying at university, right? Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm super interested in coaching. Coaching's my, yeah. You know, my obsession now and learning and um, all, especially youth development. I, I take a lot from Anders Ericsson, who wrote uh, Peak and talks about like science of expertise and ways of learning and things like that. And I really enjoy questioning things and trying to reconfigure them from my own perspective and sort of the try and create this amalgam of all my different understandings of art and football and culture and try and make something that works for myself and hopefully for other people. So like, for example, create something called layered learning, which is sort of this revamping of the way we do everything on the pitch. It's like, why are we only here for an hour or an hour and a half? How does that make it? Who who said we should do that? Why is there, you know, why are we doing, why in, why in essence are we doing any of that that way? Just because, it was the way it's always been, you know, why can't we learn outside of, outside of the pitch? And so layered learning is more of a way to, it's like a classroom environment where you talk about the subjective parts of football. And so you, you end the objective parts of football too. So it's like a lot of workshops for kids. PowerPoint. Um, no, it's not, yeah, not really PowerPoint. Oh. It's, it's like, you know, I created something called football chess, which was this little game that you get to play with, um, with cards. And if you have the ball, you get to move three spaces. If you don't, you get to move two. So you can sort of see the way pl- kids play. You know, how do they understand that pressure cover yeah. balance? One person presses the ball, the type of run you have, and you sort of see them learn it through chess and you learn football through chess or you learn football through a tactics board. I, I have something where you give these people, uh, kids an idea and you say, okay, the ball's here, 
put 11 players behind the ball. Just all you, that's all you give them. And they're like, oh, okay, let me see what I can do. And then you see if they pressure the ball or they don't pressure the ball, where they put the weak side player. And then you get to learn, and then you say, okay, now put 11 players in possession. And then they sort of populate the pitch in certain areas, and you get to see their deficiencies. And yeah. I remember learning, I did this at Tovo, and I remember learning more about a player in 15 minutes uh, than, than the hour and a half or f three or four hours, whatever, I saw her play. And I could see her deficiencies and where spatially she was sort of unaware of what was going on on the weak side so of the what, ball. What's that? So she would the players in a way that just didn't, yeah, didn't cover the, the ground, the space. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it's just would, like I don't, as you would want. yeah, people just don't, because you, if you realize it's like pick up, people just learn football because it's fun and they do it because it's fun and it's mostly why people start. You know, if you, if you don't, I've never seen a five-year-old kid say, I want to work with football my whole life as a player and make a living off of it. You don't see that. They're just like, I just want to score goals like David Beckham. I want to be Thierry Henry. I want to be blah, 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 Ronaldo. Um, that's what you see. And so they, they sort of get this myopic view and then it sort of expands and it expands through coaches. Like my, all my football knowledge came through coaches until I was probably like 17 years old and then it came through other players and then it came through other systems. And I, yeah. I understand that, and I, I'm like, that's a huge responsibility for the coach. If can yeah. we give these kids the ability to to like to read Hemingway and then or like Cruyff or like to read uh, anything poetry? Like, what's the equivalent of football poetry? How can I get a kid to fall in love with poetry that's equivalent to football? Yeah. You know, what is what is that going to take? What is that going to be? How can that influence someone on the pitch? So I'm interested in stuff like that and, and, and coaching here. And I, I want to coach, so I'm getting my football badges. And, and uh, so, yeah, so doing stuff so like that. To me, like um, like a, like an artistic uh, education, right? Well, yeah, not just that. It's like it, football is art, in my opinion. Like there are, yeah, yeah. you know, it is. Like it's not all, always about one game. It's about having fun and making friends and learning and talking and unlearning and then learning again like it's it's about nothing and everything and whatever it is you want it to be about yeah no i think that's a, that's a really uh sounds like very interesting um things to try and implement there and, and it's like yeah because when you're even when you're you're asking the the the, the young the young players to, to arrange the the pieces on the board whether it's the chess or the tactics board you're asking them to arrange right and and to become arrangers yeah and and yeah <laughs> that's that's what it is yeah right? and, and then it goes back to croy for pep's idea of when you have the ball you're manipulating the defense and then you're like oh wow that's a cool concept when i'm on the pitch now i'm going to think of it that way instead of saying you have to get the ball here in order to move one player here and talk more sort of the scientific approach it's like these I, these little ideas and these ways ways of describing things helps so yeah. much more in my opinion at least well that for me again that's how it worked and it helped me but some other kids learn and play differently but for me that's what helped Oh, no, I like it. That sounds, that sounds very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, or or completely ridiculous. I don't know. And, and but for me, this well, is a really cool environment here because I'm sur I surround myself with with all different types of people. Like I have people who are obsessed with the objective, and obsessed yeah. with like, oh, this is this person Raymond Verheyen is correct, and you have to follow his word. And if you don't, you don't know what you're doing. And I'm just like, I, I, okay. well, this is the thing. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's is that. So something you can take something like Raymond Verheyen's uh, more such objective football frame in general right and say well that, that's essentially a paradigm right and it's like so if you accept that paradigm in total which i you know i don't think is particularly wise because i don't think any model can be perfect right but if, if these people like you're talking about that they do and i know them as well and it's like they accept it entirely 
then when you go to work every day, and this is a, like I think it was a Thomas Kuhn idea, and you're not trying to actually break that paradigm, right? You're just solving puzzles within it. You're just using its internal logic of that system to try and operate. But it seems it's just a paradigm, right? It's paradigm shift hmm. and, and change. So what, and that's the problem with science as well. You have the scientific paradigm and, and most scientists don't go to work every day thinking I'm going to break the entire <laughs> Einsteinian paradigm, right? Yeah. Just go into their lab and do the the things that accord to the laws of the paradigm that they're in. Yeah, well, it's, right? it's mostly what what's in vogue is what's successful. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and within these within, within these frames, you get well. Then you obviously just get fads as well, don't you? Because people are, want to sell their shit. Well, if if Iceland won the World Cup, everyone would be like, "What is Iceland doing?" Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the, you can see it already, though, isn't it? It's like with Croatia and France, and it's like now it's everybody's. You know, it's it. <laughs> People just they look for these post post hoc rationalisms, right? And yeah. it's like, oh well, you know, France won the world, or Croatia got to the final. Therefore, everything they've done over the last 20, 20 years in development must be perfect. <laughs> like what? No, no. Like, maybe yeah. they won because of a dodgy offside decision. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about with the subjective interpretation of it. Yeah, yeah. I get. I it, it it's totally crazy. Like you can't take it all too seriously. Yeah. So I think I think yeah. I, I I'd say. No, what you're trying to do that is certainly, I think, a valuable thing. And what would I say? I think it probably is going to go more than that way. If I had to like put my money on the table, I don't know. Say, I have no idea. I mean, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I have listen. I have no clue. I, I come from a, a place with 325 million people, and for some reason, people are obsessed with population relative to football success, which makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. People are like, oh. Iceland, a community of like three hundred thousand people, is successful at football. And it's like it takes eleven players. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, that, so what you have there is complete irrational. Like it, it doesn't make sense, right? So, but I think it's almost as if like what we're seeing now is like maybe people are waking up to the fact that you're, you just can't rationalize this stuff, right? Because yeah. it seems like, and if you want to get zoom out even a little bit more now, it's like people are so obsessed with rational thinking, right? And 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 you know, be logical, be rational. And you're like, well, it's not, it doesn't seem to be getting us very good results, right? Oh, on no. the world scene, right? It really doesn't. It doesn't seem to be helping us, right? All this information, all this connectivity. What you're actually seeing, it seems to me, is like more of a breakdown, right? And it's like, well, okay, so maybe this mode of thinking wasn't as good as it was sold to us as, you know? Yeah. And maybe we'll start realizing things like how stupid, well, I would say stupid, how, how ill-advised it is to consider like population when you're when you're talking about international football because it's obvious right yeah. well, it's, well it's obvious right. obvious is relative to the person who's yeah. thinking of okay. it yeah but if it, you could look at it in the fact that maybe we're approaching a, sta- a time where you know people are going to start thinking well this this the way we've been taught to think isn't getting us the best results yeah well it, it i think scarily enough it goes back to like the media controls the world though we don't need to get into that but like yeah. whatever is you know objectivity is very in vogue in social media having the oh, yeah. correct way to look at one thing and define it is super sexy and appealing to a lot of people because yeah. but also for me it's easier than the subjective part and it, it it's, it's also less fun but it's easier the harder thing, the cooler thing, in my opinion, is looking at something and saying, oh, that reminds me of this painting I saw and whatever, you know? Well, I mentioned earlier, you know, people want the easy way out, right? They want microwave no. meals and Netflix. And 
that's what they want as well. They want quickly definable things that they can understand, right? And, and then they go, right, I've, now, good, I understand that. Now I read one article from some person, right? And now I understand the concept of X, right? You're like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, totally. Well, I mean, that's what that's what's cool about, I mean, for me, it was the World Cup was so great because it was the spectrum of human emotion. It was like, like what I wrote to you before is like this pedometer was broken on the complete spectrum of emotion. Like, you know, did you see um, Croatia's president when she was giving the medals? She she no. looked she looked like she was having more fun than anybody on the pitch. Yeah. She was soaking wet from the rain and she was having a blast, like hugging and kissing the players, like knowing that they were going to throw away a massive party when I, they got home. And all yeah. these dejected players were heartbroken. <laughs> and she was still like giving these the French players all this love and Macron she was giving love to. She was so happy. And it was like that was so cool for me because that came from football. And football is so many different things about culture and patriotism and happiness and unhappiness and all these different things. But again, like I know winning is objective, but subjectively they won. So they the, the point of winning was surpassed. Like if they had won, yes, it would have been different, but they got that far and the happiness that was derived from that just being there in that final and working so hard was so much better than anything they could have done. Yeah, and I predicted really. What you see is is something like, and you know, I largely agree with you, but it seems to be that football is this cultural force, right? It's it's an extreme, and I don't think, even though it's quite funny, it seems sometimes I think it's quite odd that even though it's so hugely popular and it's covered all over the place and TV, it's everywhere, right? Sometimes I don't think it gets the, the like the credit it should as a cultural force. (laughs) Yeah, and it. It's like you know, literature, art, uh, you know, movies, music. Like football's up there, man. Oh, oh it's you. it's it's the you know what is the one moment where everybody's hanging out and partying together in the entire world? It's the World Cup. It's the Olympics, maybe, but not. It's, it doesn't come close to the World Cup. It doesn't come close, wow. and it's like this is a serious thing. Like I don't know how many people go to watch football every weekend in the world, right? But it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. there have been lots of games created by humans throughout human history. But none like this. Like, this is why. What? It's just a game. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Totally. Rule. It's just a game. Yeah. It's just a game. Just a game. But yeah. but look at look at what it does to people, right? Uh, yeah. And, and you were talking about obsession earlier on, and right. But it's just it, to me, it's like it, I don't know if there's maybe only music is more powerful. Well, yeah. One thing. One. Yeah. Well, that, with music, it's different because like if you think about it. Let's just put you in a crowd of a thousand people, and you're the world's greatest musician. You're making that thousand, those thousand people happy, regardless, yeah. because of your ability to play music right then and there, and 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 connect with those people. Football does require a, a stage. It's a stage performance. It is a stage. And yeah. and so you need that stage to, and you need the sort of. You need the cameras, you need the TV, you need all that stuff. You need people to be there to, to experience it, and you need to be able to put it on. It requires a lot of things. It requires um, – it's Cultural. a movie set. Yeah, yeah. You can have a kick around in the backyard, you know. And then, yeah, like, totally. You don't need the, the – the, the, you don't, yeah, you don't need the, 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 the stage. whole thing all the time. Yeah, but, no. the, but yeah, of course, when it's like that, the power is greater. Well, to affect but, the culture, you do, I think. Yeah, yes, yeah. okay, yeah, on a cultural level, yes, you, you need the this, this stage. And, yeah, but – so yeah, I I think, that, and I've I, I've written I've, I don't know if I've put anything out on this, but I, I've written quite a lot about exactly that, right? Yeah. About the pitch as a stage, 
and and it's an interesting. It's almost like I always think it looks like some kind of modernist painting, right? Football pitch. Well, yeah, it's got it's got squares and circles and lines intersecting yeah. through it in certain ways, right? I think it's a very beautiful thing. I've got quite a few football pitches on my wall, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think they're very interesting uh, images themselves. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's something about the composition of a pitch that's attracted to a human yeah, being. Well, I, it's also it's a fleeting experience. Like, it, you, yeah. I can play my favorite song over and over and over again, but yeah. I can't. I'm not going to watch my favorite football match or football moment over and over and over and over again. Yeah, you know, and so also, it's a, yeah, yeah, and also, you know, you, the, the musical score. Like, if you listen to your favorite song, you know how it goes, but you know, you know how it ends as well. And yeah. in a football, the drama is more like drama, right? Uh-huh. It's like it's this weird amalgamation of things. Yeah, you know, oh, totally. It's a, this weird drama, right, that, that plays out. <laughs> See, and, and, yeah, I, I, I wrote something. I, my, my, my idea: like, football is a drama, right? Totally. It's, Totally, and I, I, my dad's an actor, and I was talking to him about acting and trying to relate it to to football. And him and I were discussing things, and I was like, "What? What do you? You know, why are you acting, or what? What do you feel like? You know, would you rather a director tell you what to do or tell you what not to do?" Because I have other friends who are actors, and I remember speaking to my friend, and she said that she likes it when an act a director tells her what not to do and lets her go to what other what let her lets her figure it out herself. And then my dad was like, "I want my director to tell me exactly what to do." He's yeah. like, I'm, I'm just as important as the sound person, the light person, the other actors, the stage people, the props themselves. Like, I'm one single entity in this process. And I, thought that, and I never thought of it that way because there's so much ego that is given or represented by certain actors. And for, for good reason sometimes. But it was related back to football is like you're one person in this huge performance. Like it doesn't happen a game in front of no people like Pablo Escobar's uh, matches in his stadium that affected only those people there, no matter what was happening on the pitch. Like you, we don't know what happened there, you know, but yeah. it could have affected so many other things if we all saw it. And it only, that would only happen with this orchestrated sort of performance on and stage. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, there's actually an, uh, it's, it's, when I think when you think about it in this way, right, there's implications for training as well, which is like, okay, so when I'm training, should I train a scenario, right? Should I train a scene? Mm-hmm. Should, I, should I put the context in and say that we're three two down, right? Yeah. It's been a hot night. I really paint the picture, right, of, of what's happening, and we're going to play. We're going to play the last ten minutes, and you could even go further and give each character or player how their game has gone. Say, well, you're angry because you've been kicked yeah. the last uh, eight <laughs> minutes. You could say, well, your your girlfriend's in the crowd, right? Yeah. And, you know. Right. So you can you can do this right. You can give motivation, individual motivation, and in part of a scene. And and you know it's not something I've practiced a huge amount. I've sort of done elements of it, but so it's 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 theory really. But it seems like a sound idea, right? I think that's like, totally to badass. I think it's totally badass. I think it's great. Almost, yeah. Yeah. So so I mean, but that again, to get to you know to get the relevance of it, you have to first consider football to be a drama. Yeah, right. which I do. I mean, I do. I, look at people who are watching. It's making people cry. I, know, I, I cry. I cry. I've cried so much from from, from football. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I can rewatch a moment. I can re rewatch Henri making his return and scoring a goal. And I'm an Arsenal fan. I I, I cry. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was when I was young, it was Italia '90, the World Cup that first got me. You know, I, so that I was think I was seven or eight at that time. And I remember just like, you know, and with the television in the living room corner and like just being like, I, you know, transfixed by this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this weird world that was like Cameroon. I don't like we're Cameroon, yeah. you know? Yeah, the, 
with like these green crazy strips and like the the lions on their chest you know it's yeah. like doing dancing around the corner flag i was like what the hell is this you know totally so like i came up in the northeast of scotland you know yeah and, and it, yeah well, I have, yeah. I have my, my FopMob app on my phone, and it shows, like, all the games worldwide. And sometimes are these during the friendly season, when friendlies are happening, it's like you have Laos versus Thailand going on and, like, all these different countries playing each other. And I just imagine being there for, for those games because they're actually happening and there are people watching. And it's happening all over the world, and it's super cool. Yeah, and, and I think, I think the, the, you mentioned... Um, yeah, you mentioned the, the Brian Eno quote you mentioned. It's quite interesting, right? Um, I, I'd, heard, I'd heard that before, and it, I think it's from the John Peel lecture, isn't it? Um, yeah. And it, he says, uh, yeah, art is everything that you don't have to do, right? Yeah. Right. And that's quite, and I like, I liked that when I first heard it, and I thought oh, that was cool. Um, but then, then the thing about football that makes it just even more beguiling, right, is that you have rules. So you do yeah. have things you can and can't do. And that's different, right, from painting and music, like another art, because there are no, like, in my view, right, maybe you've got a different view, but it seems to me that there is no, I played in a band, right, and, and we, we, when we write music, there were no rules, right, I can do what I want. Yeah. L literally could do what I want. Right, you could still do what you want, you just get, someone will blow a whistle and another team gets the ball, you can still do it. Ah, you can still do it. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, you can't, it's just consequences for it, and there's still consequences for playing crap music. No one yeah. will let. No one will show up. You can still do it yourself. You can still do it over no and over. No one show up anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can play great music and no one will show up though too. So it, it depends. So you say. So the rules are just okay. So yeah. Yeah. It was just there are just simple repercussions for them. I mean, you can still do them, but yeah, it's not like you. It, it's not a physical. Like I can't fly, so it's not. You know. So I'm not gonna try and fly. So I can't do that. But I can. I can commit a foul. And how many fouls are committed? And as part of the game, it's a good idea to foul. Sometimes I agree. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and, and yeah, you, sometimes you get away with it as well. Um, yeah, because, yeah and, exactly. Um, and that's why I think that sometimes when you see the, the you know Neymar is doing all these things like you know he's rolling about and all this kind of stuff, and everyone's getting hit. I, I don't know what it was like in the Met when, where you are. Crazy. Um, people were obsessed. People, hating on Neymar. Yeah. I, I, I like what, what are you trying to do? Like sterilize football? So yeah. Like I think it's part of the drama, right? He's the of course. He's the, What's he? He's a player. He's acting, you know, and, he, and he's like a, he's like a, it's like a, the bad guy in wrestling or something, you know. It's yeah. Like, it all hit up, and it's like you don't act like people are actually hating on him. You're like, man, what I, out. I think what we were talking before about it being a drama is like it, it's it's it is a drama, but like if you're watching a movie, you're not yelling at the TV screen for what, for telling the actors what to do, unless it's some yeah. hor horrible horror movie. But like, you're not. You know, you're not yelling at them to 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 do something differently because it's live, right? Because it's this living entity, this living thing. So it's like a, a reality TV in a way because it's 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 candid and, yeah. and live at that moment. So, but I just love those moments at the pub watching a match and everyone's just yelling, "Oh, he should have scored! Oh, he should have done this! Oh, he should have done that!" I think that's part of the allure of it. Is like everyone has their input and their ideas of what could have happened, what should have happened. Actually, you made you said something there because I'm thinking about something else, and it's like you said reality TV, right? Maybe football was just like the original reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can't. I mean, it's just, it's just as they're both pretty much the same in popularity at this point. Yeah, it's like well, everyone's obsessed with reality TV now, right? And yeah. like, like, like that's the way TV's gone, and yeah. they want people want unpredictability, don't they? They they don't want to know the script, like they they want it to unfold in real time. Yeah, totally. Um, 
and that's what football has always done, like so, sort of give and yeah. sport. Obviously, sport generally, but for some, but football has it. And and you know, there's lots. I think there's different reasons for this. They're quite tricky to get into, but something to do with the fluid nature of the play, generally speaking, I think, yeah. um, allows for allows for this infinite number of narrative threads to develop during a game. And you know what it's like when you're playing, even when I'm playing, like in a crap, you know, Sunday league amateur game, like you get a narrative going. Maybe your opposite, the guy you're playing against is, is an asshole, right? <laughs> and uh, like, you know, that, then you have that as a narrative of a game going yeah. on. You know, everyone has their own little... Oh, of course. I'm, well, yeah, I remember my dad and me growing up when oh, we grew up together. Uh, uh, but... Um, he would always say, like, you can you can just learn everything about a person by watching them play football. Everything you need to know about that person. Watch them play football for 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. I can tell you all about them. Totally. Yeah, that's very good. I think Albert Camus said something quite similar. Uh, Camus did. He was obsessed with football. Um, and he said, basically, like, if you want to learn about men, go to a football match. And it was, like, the best manifestation of culture. Yeah. And maybe it's time to take me to the team with this. I read that good number of years ago yeah and i thought it was cool right i thought it was cool oh yeah he's talking about football but now i'm starting to realize it a bit more <laughs> you know, totally like, yeah. you know it's, it's a very deep thing to say and it's and, and that but there's also tied into this as well the idea of play as well um, yeah. which is a game um and playing is what humans do to when you're very young right it's like that's what kids do to try and develop some sense of morality right it's like a fair play and when kids organize themselves in a game, um, that's what they're doing. They're said they're saying, right, here's some rules, right? Let's all let's all agree to adhere to these rules in some way that's going to be enjoyable for everyone, mm -hmm. you know. And if someone doesn't play like that, then they get ostracized, you know. Yeah. We're not playing with them because um, we don't like them because they're not playing by the rules. And it's like it's a very very fundamental, I think, aspect of you know being human is this idea of play. Yeah. Um, uh, and Obviously, football has that because it is a game. Um, it's interesting, interestingly enough, I say you also play music. But yeah. Well, <laughs> what that so I was going to ask you the question. I think that well, what you just said leads to my answer to this question. But we can go back to it. But what don't you like about football? Like, what makes you angry about football, or what do you disagree? Not disagree with, but what makes you annoyed, or what don't you like? I guess. Well, it's not the football itself. I, I get I get annoyed at the way people use it. Um, okay. I, I get. I, I, is that? I, I don't want to duck it quite. Maybe we can go back to the actual game, but like, I get annoyed when people use it for uh, like ideological. <laughs> like, you know, journalists will try and cohort it to push some political agenda, you know, <laughs> or, or and it's like it's just. I think I, I feel like I need to take a shower after reading one of those things, you know. Yeah. And it's like, like it's like you know, it's propaganda, propaganda is you know, art. Does that have to do with the the football itself or the people in football? That's to do with the people. So the football itself. So stuff like that annoys me, right? Um, but. So with football itself, uh, I've not maybe I've not thought about that as much as I should have. What annoys me? I don't. I quite like football. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I think yeah. what, what annoyed me the most is I couldn't really get better at it without the stage. Because then I've always always jealous of my friends who are musicians and they're just constantly jamming out at for like twelve hours a day. Or listening to music and just playing songs and doing some solo stuff and they're getting better and they're learning through all these different things and I was like oh, I gotta go out and get a ball and put some boots on and blah, blah blah and go do that and I was always jealous of that you know of the artist who could just paint for 45 hours and just keep going and blah 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 and just doing doing things doing things doing things because you have it's sort of limited 
And so that well, goes back to my my idea of like, why are we just doing it for an hour and a half? If you're in a professional environment, you're just you're kind of just working for an hour and a half. Mm, and I was yeah. always jealous of those people who could just who could or writers writers even so writers musicians artists all this you could just write for hours. I mean, it's really hard to purge that much, but like you could just keep writing and writing at any time at any point. It's three o'clock in the morning and I want to play football, right? I'm probably not going to play football. Am I, if I'm a writer, I'm, I'm definitely writing. I'm, I'm drinking a cup of coffee and writing for five or six hours. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely that difference. Um, do I not like it because of that? I don't know. I, I was jealous. How about that? I'm jealous of the other sort of art forms and mediums where people can just do that. But I'm thinking about football. But now I think yeah. this this part of my career, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to play. I still play, but I'm not going to play competitively really anymore. So I'm just going to obsess over certain ideas. And I've, try, I've tried writing. and Writing about football, it's, it's tough, but but you, you can yeah. you can sort of try and do that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm very interested in, obviously, I'm very in coaching. I'm coming towards the end of my A license, UFA A license at the moment. And it's Congrats. like, yeah, well, I, I like coaching. Um, I also like writing about it, you know. Yeah. I also like speaking about it. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that are hopefully developing over the next few months that might hopefully would come to, will come to fruition, but they might not. We'll see what happens. Um, but in, in terms of more of the, uh, the writing side of it, but... There's yeah, it's difficult, right? It's a difficult thing to write about because it's it's very complex. Um, and yes, it, but I think there's a huge amount still to be discussed. And I think that the idea, lots of people have written things about you know how football links to culture. One of my favorite books was the one. Did you read Brilliant Orange? Uh, yeah. Um, I haven't read. I read. I started it, but I didn't finish it. Yeah, I mean, I, I read that at a time when I was just starting to make this kind of link right between culture and football and. Yeah. Kind of, there was something more going on and I think that does it really well and I think there's there's definitely some kind of uh, air domain to be to be explored further in terms of football's cultural significance you know as part of, of, of well of modernity you know well yeah but I think pe- <laughs> I think people are starting to realize that I mean I in America it's this culture I think this is a perfect manifestation of the culture in general but especially in football world it's who's ever loudest yeah. It's just, I mean, that's a great manifestation of our political situation as well. It's who's, whoever is loudest is probably right. And who, like, Alexi Lalas is a point of authority in America. Mm. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't really, and he's very loud. If he ha, if he's, needs to get a point across, he's angry and then very loud, but it doesn't really get us anywhere. So, But that's a whole other mess we don't need to get into. But, but it does touch on this idea of what we're doing right now as well and what we do on Twitter and, and what I do with other people as well and, and articles that are appearing now online. And because of the internet, and you see it, it's the same thing that mirrors what's happening with actual mainstream media, right? And it's like there's going to be, you know, people get fed up of Alexi Lalas. <laughs> and then yeah. they realize yeah. they don't have to listen to him then they go, because there's so many other places to get information from. Not, not um, so much in America, though, I got to say. Not, not okay. too many places. Well, yeah, well, unfortunately, that's a problem. Well, not much here either. I'm looking into the future here and saying, well, this surely this is just nor this is just what will happen because what people will fill the gap, right? People will realize that the people who know that Alexi Lalas is talking crap, well, <laughs> some of these people will eventually get their shit together yeah. and start. Like yeah. it's a YouTube channel, whether it's a, a podcast, right? Whether it's whatever it is, and then. That's what happens, right? People say, well, have you heard those guys talk? Like, it's way better than Alexi Lala. <laughs> listen, it's a slow thing. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends but, on what you know, people not... want, too. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with wanting a bit of, you know, 
you know, well, whatever you go on, whatever you want, right? Yeah. But but at the same time, okay, so maybe you know the, 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 these things will disappear entirely. But I certainly think there's an opportunity for, and you can see it already with certain um, certain little platforms that are starting up. Certainly, there's an opportunity for people instead of going, you know, uh, oh God, so these guys instead of screaming at the television when Lalas is on, right? Don't waste your time, right? Yeah. Just go and do it, do it yourself, and 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 uh, and provide the alternative. I think there is a. I think there's going to be value in the alternative. Definitely, and first of all, am- amazing American accent, but also, um, <laughs> but uh, no. Well, what? So it, it's a little bit hard for me to go into the American topic, but I do think it leads to what we were speaking about before, and it's and it's the objective ideas are there, but the culture in football is not at all. It's really, really just not, and you can't just fake that, and so. The question then is like, can you have a successful football team without this culture? I don't, I don't, I don't really well, know. The, the culture of football history in general, sort of this understand or. Which just it's not, it's not in the culture. Like football, yeah, okay. football is not in American culture, and it's just not. It can't be faked. Like that okay. idea cannot be faked. It can try and be provoked and grown, but it cannot be faked. Yeah, and there was a. Uh... There was an interesting, I can't remember where I read this. It might have been, was it one of those inverting the pyramid or something like that? Maybe it was. Wilson book. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, the idea, the, the, this, this writer had observed what they thought was in, I think it was Japan, maybe the 70s or 80s when they were beginning their football league. Again, I'm no expert on this. It was something like that. And there was a phenomenon for a while where the crowd would be like completely going wild, right? Like but at moments of the game when like nothing was happening. Because what they'd been doing basically was just like mimicking the actions of like European crowds. <laughs> so they'd be like dressed up and have the flat. They'd be going mad, right? <laughs> like nothing was happening. <laughs> yeah. And and it's just like exactly. So not in the culture. Yeah. And and yeah, you, you can't. You, you it can't like, mimic. It brings me back to like the the North Korean fans and what was it 2014? Yeah. Where yeah, with this, the they hired Chinese people, people from China to uh, to wave Korean flags. Yeah. Yeah, it was completely just yeah initiated by the the state, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It was, ama- it was also the most amazing thing. I just feel, and this goes back to whenever I'm in America, I feel bad for pe- for people who don't under who don't follow it. And I'm like, this you're missing out. Like even the greatest sports minds and and sports media and sports journalists. Like I really respect Bill Simmons. He's a great sports journalist. Has a great website called The Ringer and great podcasts. He knows. The yeah, he, yeah. The Ringer is fantastic. I've, from since Grantland, I think he's fantastic. But he literally knows nothing about soccer, about football at all. And it's just such a gap in, 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 in that culture. Because I think the ringer creates such a cool culture, like pop culture. And it, it, it combines yeah. all these things about, with, with music and art and uh, theater and, and TV with sports. But it does, it, they're just missing football. Yeah, so as well, the first thing to say, well, you can't really do it. Can't, it that is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, you can go back in time. And, and so I guess it's more of a case of just trying to build it for the future, I guess. Yeah, um, I don't know how it's going to work. I think you need, well, it's such a big, because people always ask me, like, I'm here, and I had, to, I had to leave my own country to get an education and to learn more about something that I really enjoy doing, that I want, that I, basically I give my life for, in a way. Like, I completely changed my life for something, and that, well, not changed, but I completely moved my life some elsewhere because it wasn't available where i'm from and people are always asking me are you going to go back to america after i'm like i don't know i don't really want to it's such a big pond that's influenced by i i don't know how who like who influences american soccer 
Well, I, yeah, well, the, the ML, the, well, yeah, the MLS. Yeah. You know, it's it's really tough to be able to influence it. Um, so I would love to I would love to go back maybe, but I would also love the European model because there's so much culture and there's so much more respect for it. You know, when people when I tell people, I remember telling people I played professional football in America, and they go, Oh yeah, my my niece or nephew plays soccer. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they go, Okay, well, what, well, what do you do? And I was like, Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's well, that's a difficult question, you know. And it's like, yeah, I, I, it depends what you want to do, right? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you want to coach? Do you want to, you know, I don't know. And you know, there's lots of opportunities to do lots of. And I'm, I'm in the same kind of, you know, uh, you know, general um, thought process, Julian. You know, it's like, yeah, what 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 is the path, right? But then yeah. I don't really know. There is, I don't believe I don't make too many plans. Well, it's interesting. Honest. One of the some of the first podcasts I did was about something I was really, really interested about the, called the path to pro. And that was basically just like, what influences the path to pro? Like, why did I play professional football? Why did I even try and even think about playing professional football? I came from an environment where nobody does that. I was the only person yeah. in my school who played football, really. And out of thousands, like a thousand kids. Um, yeah. Now it's changed. Like, I go back to that school and I see people wearing football kits and obsessed with football. But, you know, it's very different. And then why isn't there, you know, if there are... Is there's a if there's a path to professional football? Why is wh- what what about those kids who are want to be coaches at that age? Why isn't there a path to pe- football education in general from a young age? Yeah. Now, I remember well, talking. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so you so something more like uh, well, you know, you learn about uh, art when you're young, but why shouldn't you just learn about football as well? Yeah, totally. Oh, it's a complete culture. Strength. Yeah, it is culture, and it's a culture. Um, you know, they do teach a lot of that here at this university at Solent University. They t- they have football. Uh, and society and how it affects society and how you can look at it through different ways and um, well well yeah. there's there's I mean this is the thing right I, I agree like I think broadly in an agreement here and it's like for me it's like I, I don't think we can wait for let's say institutions national governing bodies I don't think they're going to do this kind of stuff maybe they will right what kind of stuff you mean like football education football education and but who's to stop someone starting their own YouTube channel of football education yeah right? yeah, yeah that's cool yeah. And say, well, uh, here's some lectures I put together yeah. on on football on all and anything. I mean, it's an endless topic, right? Yeah, you, totally. You know. Yeah. So this was my idea. So this is what I created. This football junto. Junto comes from Benjamin Franklin's Leather Apron Society, which was basically people meeting together to discuss ideas and present their ideas and be critiqued by the the group. And it was also a way of getting of combining a library because books were very rare and expensive. But yeah. the idea with that of football junto is to just have people who who are up at three o'clock in the morning and say, oh, I really, I have this great idea. I want to, I want people to get feedback on it. Or we meet, you know, we meet once or twice a week and we just discuss football and I present an idea or someone else presents an idea and they go, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. That's horrible. Or, hey, I actually kind of like that. Let's, let's try it. I'm going to try it with my team and give you my feedback. So yeah. I'm, I've, I've tried to create, I love those environments because, and I think those are super artistic environments. Like you, I have friends who are artists who, meet and talk and chew the fat about art all the time and it's not and it's not like a measuring contest like you know it's not it's not you know i've played here and there and i know i played with this person and that person it's like hey man this i learned this here and what do you think about it yeah so i think this is what's lacking right yeah be speaking all environment and, and it's been lacking from a lot of places as well um but this idea of i agree entirely right so what yeah these environments where people come together uh, who are passionate about things and they discuss things in a way 
no one it's not a comp like it's not a competition right yeah listen arguments will happen right and sometimes they get animated right but it's not about no one's no one's uh, going to take offense right to, to to being proved wrong or someone having a different opinion to them um it's it's a lively forum for debate yeah. and i think that is what uh is missing right from from football because i and, and a lot of another thing as i say it's missing from most things these yeah days. yeah totally but um i think that there's definitely going to be or you can start to see maybe the the very beginnings of it of things like what you're putting together and, and yeah and what people upon, are upon reflection today i mean today i was thinking this idea because england is producing a lot of really fantastic footballers in the in the youth and i was thinking like wow, wow they're they're really good at producing footballers right now how good what about the coaches themselves well i this a lot recently and uh, uh, you know where are the where are the british coaches yeah i'm scottish like you know where, where are, are they the, yeah where are they i, I was thinking that today i was like who's the greatest english coach of all time in the past 20 years or past 15 or past 10 past five well, historically, historically scotland have had many right scotland have punched above their weight totally in terms of why that's a that's a great why why is that well, yeah there's a, there's a book in that right <laughs> yeah do well, it doesn't make any like there's no reason why it should be scotland but there's no reason why it shouldn't be scotland except the problem i'm sure there's going to be some very interesting reasons why that happened right <laughs> sure <laughs> and it's like um so yeah uh, but in terms of modern times um present day um of course and it's like i'm not saying that there isn't lots of talented coaches but not i mean i saw so i, I saw some little graphic the other day i might have even tweeted it up like about the big five big leagues in Europe yeah. and and uh, Spain, Germany, Italy, and France. France slightly to a lesser extent, but certainly Germany, Italy, and Spain are heavily dominated by coaches from that country. Right? Yeah. Like there's like one or two exceptions. Yeah. And you go to England, which is like pretty much the strongest fo- football league there is, and, and and one of the most crazy football countries there is. And there's like four English coaches. Yeah. <laughs> and there none of them are. Okay, I don't want to be disrespectful, but they're not maybe who you would say would be in the top seven or eight, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, why? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. And one, one thing I, um, I was listening to a podcast on The Ringer too, and or I forget what it was. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, and and they were talking about people are obsessed with drafts. Do you know what draft a draft is? Yeah, that's where you is it the weakest team the prior season gets the first pick. Yeah. So right? basically, the idea was like, okay, all. Premier League teams have zero players now. Again, all the players are up for drafting. And, you yeah. know, it's a, a serpentine. So, like, first pick is then the um, last pick of the second round. Right. So where on that list would you take a coach? How high up would you take a coach? What, uh, like a so, like, your first pick would be De Bruyne, Hazard, Ozil, uh, whoever you want in the Prem, right? Right. How quick, how, at what point is a coach taken? Ah, oh, right. Well, ahead of a player. Yeah. Well, because there, uh, there has to be, like, uh, a coach's influence on the team is just yeah, as influential as a player, or if that's not more. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's the same. Uh, so people did that with the NBA draft, and they're like, I'm taking, do you know who Greg Popovich is? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, people were like, I'm, Greg Popovich is my first choice. Yeah. San Antonio Spurs, is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. San Antonio Spurs. And he's he's like, I'm taking I'm not if I'm tenth, I'm taking Greg Popovich over the tenth best player in the league. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. Fun experiment. I'd be you know, certain coaches I'd take <laughs> pretty much immediately. Yeah, exactly. Because you, know? you don't cause but then then what's cool about that is you go, Oh, okay. So what is it about that coach that's really amazing that they can work with anybody? Well, right. what do they do? Like, 
and and people, you know, and this is the thing. It's like people sort of talk about. There's been so much written about Guardiola over the last five years, let's say, and this, you know, you know, getting inside his positional play, right, and all the all the things that he does on the pitch with the lines and the mm-hmm. channels and all this, right? But it's like, yeah, okay, fine, but he's doing something with those players that no one knows what he's doing. Yeah, no. and that's what's dangerous about these Twitter clips is you see one thing and then it's written as the written word or it's taken as a written word. Take it out of context. It's the, the whole thing, this is, and this is the, the grand motif almost, right, is, yeah. is taking things out of context. <laughs> right? This is exactly, this is from, from sci- the dawn of science, right? That's what it does. Yeah. It takes out of the context of reality and tries to make sense of them on their own, right? Which is incredibly useful. Because you can cure cancer like that, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's very useful. But you need to realize that that is, that is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you see it with people all the time. They get taken out of context, even more these days, because everything you say and everything you write is like seen you know, so quickly and so readily. It's very easy to, to like, I mean, look at it. We've been talking for a while now, right? Like, and we've covered a lot of time. But I'm sure if I really tried, right, I could take something I have said and paint it in some way. It's not how I meant it. Jamie Hamilton right. hates football. Well. Right. Some people's jobs is to do that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so... That's okay, really... though. We'll, we'll, we'll be okay. I'm, I've been learning to uh, surrender recently. I think that's a good um, way yeah. to deal with it. Yeah. This is gonna, it's, nature is nature. It's going to be what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not particularly worried about this, but it's like... <laughs> I'm worried about that it seems to be, you know, on vogue to do it, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and that in taking these, uh, yeah, these little sound bites, these little clips that, that and it's for clicks as well, right? It's yeah. like, oh, it's really, t- again, media controls the world. <laughs> Don't be scared of that. Um, well, no, yeah, it's always more exasperation to it than fear, I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we are approaching an hour and a half, though. I, th- I mean, I'm, I might put this in two different uh, parts, but uh, yeah. I'm not sure. But I do think we've covered a lot of different things. I think it's been really, really cool. I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. So. Yeah, no, it's been really great talking. Really awesome. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, probably stop recording here. But yeah. um, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast, man. I, I really, really appreciate it. This has been such a fun time. Uh, I'm really excited. Oh, no problem. Are you still recording now? <laughs> I am a brand new podcast guy, so I don't know how to end. I'll, I'll stop recording, but I'll, I'll, I won't hang up the phone. How about that? Yeah, stop recording and don't hang up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jamie.